This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. And we are live, folks. This is Justin and Donald Save America. I got Justin Haskins over here. As always, I am Donald Kendall. Justin and Donald Save America coming to you straight from Stopping Socialism TV. We're going to be talking about a very good news. How often do we come to you with very good news? Never. Uh, this, this thing that we've been working on for a while, uh, The Great Reset. Here, look, we even have a book that uh, proves that we've been working on this. Great Reset. Uh, Joe Biden and the rise of 21st century fascism. We've been shining the lights uh, through this channel, through StoppingSocialism.com, all of our social medias, shining the light on the 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 plot, which is the Great Reset for, I don't know, a year and a half now, something like that. And we're not just shouting into a vacuum, apparently, because we have some tangible results for you, everybody. We're living up to the name, Justin and Donald Save America. So uh, we want to get into that, and we will very shortly. But before we do, I do want to put out that message that if you want to help us get our message of stopping socialism out there, you can very easily, no cost to you, just by hitting the like button, sharing this con uh, content, leaving a comment under the video. That's actually the, the thing that you could do that is the most effective of helping us break through these big tech algorithms that prevent content like this from seeing more people. So I just want to urge you to do that. Uh, Justin, like I teased, like it says right there on the bottom there, anti-Great Reset legislation going viral. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about this, but um, how, how much of an elevator pitch should we do about the Great Reset? Should we just assume that people that are tuning into this know already? How do you want to handle that? Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know what the Great Reset is, there's um, a good book that you should check out. Right yeah, the, the, you should <laughs> you should buy the book. You can get it on Kindle. You can get the audio book, which is amazing. Glenn reads the entire book, which is not very common. He doesn't do that a lot anymore, and uh, it's it's really cool to read that. Uh, he ad libs a little bit, so it's it's sort of like the director's cut version of the book. It's That's pretty true. cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I recommend that if you like audio books. Uh, but if if you don't have time to read the book. Uh, and you just kind of want to know what is the Great Reset? Why does it matter? Sort of elevator pitch of what it is. It is a global movement by international institutions like the International Monetary Fund, United Nations. Uh, the World Economic Forum is one of the leaders of that. Klaus Schwab, the head of that. Those are the Davos people. Corporations, banks, financial institutions, BlackRock. Uh, everyone you could possibly think of who has any power at all in the West <laughs> Just about all of them are in on this. Yeah, George Soros and, has got a role in there. <laughs> yeah, George Soros. I mean, it's it's crazy how many people have, have gotten together and signed up for this. They launched this, this campaign in June of 2020 to have a great reset of the entire global economy, to rewrite the social contract for all of society, and um, to usher in a new era. And how would they go about doing that? through big gigantic government programs, through a social credit system for businesses called ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance Standards. And they would use these two things together to essentially impose their ideals on all of society through the economy, through corporations, 
through the products and services that you can buy. So they wouldn't necessarily have to pass a law that says you're not allowed to say X, Y, or Z or buy certain products or do certain things. They just use coercion to get the corporations to do all of their dirty work for them and they get rich in the process. And then that way you don't have to worry about that pesky constitution and bill of rights and uh, European declaration of rights and all of that stuff. You mm. can just silence people on social media because these corporations want to go along with it. You can just stop people from buying gasoline powered cars because the banks say we're not going to give loans to companies that make them if they continue doing it, so on and so forth. If you're interested in learning more about it, we have a bunch of videos on the Stopping Socialism channel. We have a whole uh, playlist that's just devoted to the Great Reset. You can spend hours and hours and hours doing more, of, uh, listening to more of us talking about it. Uh, also, Glenn Beck has done amazing things on the Great Reset. Tons of videos. If you just search Glenn Beck Great Reset on YouTube or Rumble or anything like that, you'll find some videos, I'm sure. Uh, or buy the book, of course, The Great Reset. Joe Biden you know, out, of, out of all the elevator pitches that I've... Out of all the elevator pitches that I've set you up for in videos like this, that might have been the most succinct and direct. I know. I, I can tell I'm you've been trying. doing this for a year and a half now. So. I'm, I'm trying really hard. It's it's a really, really hard topic to talk about in any sort of a meaningful way. In such a uh, brief a, amount of in time. In a short period of time. Yeah, you, you really do need almost an hour to describe it all. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So when it comes to doing stuff, uh, Justin and I, you know, we're in the, the think tank realm, uh, maybe an op-ed piece or something like that. He and I get on here and do a video that's trying to, to shine light on something like this. Um, us working with Glenn Beck to put out a book about this is like... I don't know one of the one of the biggest accomplishments that we've had when it comes to like shining a, a spotlight on an issue that we think is extremely important, and you know maybe I'm just talking for myself here, Justin. Apologies if I throw any uh, offense towards you, but like that's as far as I ever think that it'll go. So then when Justin is telling me, he he phones me up and he says like. Uh, we're actually getting rumbles of uh, state legislatures passing what amounts to be anti great reset legislation uh, in New Hampshire. I think that's the first state that did yep. it. Right. I was like, Oh really? Awesome. Yeah. You know what? Like it would be great if they did something like that. And then, you know, it, we're aware of the kind of the, uh, from just like a government relations perspective that if something starts here, it can, uh, uh, you know, cause like it to, to snowball, to yeah, snowball across the country. Other States yep. hop on board, see it as model legislation and et cetera, et cetera. But I, again, never would have thought it would get to the point that we're at now. So I think we should just start kind of uh, going through it a little bit. Let's start with New Hampshire, Justin. Right. In fact, I'm going to pull up a map here. We're going to keep track of all of the, the developments in this anti-Great Reset legislation kind of campaign that's been going on. Yep. But like, like, like I said, New Hampshire was the first one. So why don't you tell us about this legislation, and then we'll talk about the other states that are kind of moving forward with it. Right. So New Hampshire was the first one to introduce a bill, as you said. It actually has gone through the House in New Hampshire. They've approved it in New Hampshire in the, at the House level. It's still awaiting a hearing in the Senate, and it could end up uh, uh, passing the Senate and then going to the governor's desk. Uh, Republicans control everything in New Hampshire, so it's up to them to decide whether they're going to do this or not. Um, but they do have an opportunity to do it. They are way ahead of everyone else still at this point. Um, but essentially the bill that was introduced there was designed to prohibit financial institutions from discriminating on the basis of non-financial factors like 
social media posts, for example, um, like your ESG score. Like I said before, it's a ESG score is a social credit score that looks at things like uh, what's the racial breakdown of your workforce at your business, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have the right ratio of Asians to Hispanics? That's a real thing in, <laughs> in ESG scores. Right. Uh, how much plastic do you use? How much land do you use? Um, what's your supply chain look like? Uh, what's the composition, the gender composition of your board of directors? These are all things that are part of the social credit system. So what New Hampshire did is tried to pass a bill that said that you can't look at those things when making decisions as a financial institution. You can't use those factors to punish people. You can use it to offer advice for investing. That's fine. But you can't use it to say, hey, we're going to deny you a loan on the basis of you know, the racial composition of your workforce, or we're going to deny you a loan on the basis of you use too much plastic or you drive gasoline powered cars or on and on and on, right? Look at financial things, stick to finances. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Don't arbitrarily decide, oh, we don't like gun manufacturers. So we know it's legal to manufacture guns and we know you haven't violated any laws and maybe you're a gun manufacturer and you have lots of money and you're good to pay back a loan, but we're not going to give you a loan anyway because we don't like guns. Right. The idea here is fair access. That's the, that's the idea. We're going to treat everybody equally. We're not going to discriminate against anybody. And uh, we're going to have financial institutions stick to finances. So that's what New Hampshire did. And they added in a bunch of things that were really designed to protect individuals like social media posts, for example, uh, your political affiliation. So they couldn't just say, well, you voted for Donald Trump. So, or you said something nice about Donald Trump and now we're going to deny you a loan. Right. Uh, under current law, you can do that. Right now, a bank can do that. If you walk into a bank and you say, uh, with a Make America Great Again hat on, they could sit down and say, you know what? You have a great credit and uh, you got lots of money in the bank, but we're not giving you a loan because we don't like your hat. They right. could do that. And what we want to do is say, no, you got to stick to the finances and not discriminate against all the other stuff. So that's what New Hampshire did. It kicked it off. And a bunch of other states then started adopting the New Hampshire bill and then uh, legislators taking that bill, introducing their own version of it, slightly modifying it. And we learn from that process as time goes on what the best practices are, what things we need to tighten up, what things we need to take out, how we revise the legislation. It's not common for this sort of thing to happen. So it's been kind of tough, but it jumped from New Hampshire to a whole bunch of other states and it happened really, really fast. This was not planned. And before we start marking off some of those states, I just want to reiterate that like this is a direct salvo to this ESG system, which is the backbone of the right. Great Reset right. uh, agenda. So if right. if if this thing takes off and we see like a, a number of these states doing this, we could legitimately derail the Great Reset in America, which a, is a ins- significant part of it yes which is which is insane is super exciting and you know that's why i'm so jazzed up for this but yeah what are some of the states that it that it cascaded without a doubt okay so new hampshire was uh the first one you got that one marked um oklahoma was another one they're still looking at uh bills in oklahoma right now we're not exactly sure what's going to happen there uh utah has been working on something um they're another one Um, we don't, I think we're at the point with Utah where we believe that that will be a next year thing, but they did introduce, I think they did officially introduce legislation. And so we'll put it on there. Idaho is working on that today. I just spoke to a bunch of lawmakers last night, late last night, uh, about a bill in Idaho that I'm really excited about. I hope that it works out there. Um, Wyoming is one that introduced a bill and it's a non 
the way Wyoming's legislature works is they don't deal with um, they, they, they alternate years where some years they work only on the budget. And then the next year they do things that aren't budget related. Um, so they go back and forth on that every other year. And this year was actually a budget year. So they had to get special permission mm -hmm. that required, I think two thirds of the, of the vote of the legislature, I think maybe in the Senate just to introduce the bill. And they got that and they managed to very quickly get a hearing and uh, then they realized kind of at the last minute that, yeah, we love the bill, uh, but we probably need to work on it a little more and get it tightened up and we're moving a little too fast. So let's do this next year under normal rules. So that's going to be one of those ones that happens, we think, next year. Um, then we also have Arizona. That bill is still alive um, and we're hoping that something happens there. There was a vote on that bill in the House in Arizona where they have a slim majority. The Republicans, I think, only control it by two or three votes. And uh, two or three Republicans said no, so the mm. bill failed. But they're able to reintroduce bills there under some special rules. So they're reintroducing it. There's going to be another vote for that bill. And we'll see what happens with that one. Um, South Carolina is one that they're working on now. We don't have anything. There is one introduced there, but that one might be replaced with something else, but that's a pretty solid start. And we think that bill could end up being one of the stronger ones in South Carolina. So uh, in addition to those ones, there's several that have not introduced bills, but we are very, very confident they're going to introduce bills next year because of conversations we've had with lawmakers. Uh, Montana is one of those. Um, Wait, this is, uh, this is, these are the light red color that we were going to go with. Okay. Um, so these are, these are States that are going to have really strong anti ESG bills, but they haven't actually introduced it yet. So Montana was one, North Dakota was one, Minnesota was one and Michigan is, oh, a, wow. is another one. Yep. So all those Northern, uh, States bordering Canada up there in the, in the Midwest. Um, so, and then there was an, a third set of States that are interested in this and that's States that have introduced bills to divest from. So this is, this gets a little bit more complicated there. These bills are not designed to stop all of ESG. What they're designed to do is to say, we're not going to do business as a state. Our pension funds, we're not going to do contracts in some cases. The language varies from state to state. But the idea is the state is not going to give money to asset managers, like say BlackRock and companies like that, who you give money to and then they invest on your behalf. It's a very common thing for, that, for states to do that. Uh, we're not going to give it to asset managers who are going to then turn around and use this ESG system against us and then, uh, you know, uh, target, say, fossil fuels or work to promote values that we don't believe in. So the whole point of this is to divest from anyone who is going to try to end the fossil fuel industry, for example, or do several other different things that are kind of related to that. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So those states are uh, some of the states we already mentioned actually have bills like that, too. So Idaho is considering a bill like that. They're going to be voting on that, I think, maybe even this week or mm. next week. Um, there's another one in uh, Kansas, I think, has one like that. I think Oklahoma has one like that. So those states already we already talked about that. Uh, Kansas, you should have marked as a red one, by the way. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, there's some that have two, but the ones that only have one of that kind, Louisiana is one of those. Missouri is one. 
Tennessee is another, and uh, Kentucky, and then Indiana, uh, I think, did as well, and West Virginia. Uh, I'm not, to be totally honest, sure where all these bills stand at this point in time, these divestment bills. Some of them have moved forward. Some of them are related to proxy voting and stuff, which uh, gets complicated and we don't need to get into that. But the point is, some of these states have been able to do this without actually having to pass a law. And the law, the bills that they're uh, looking at are just meant to refine how the process would work and how they would list these companies and who would be responsible for keeping track of it. But like the state treasurer of West Virginia, for example, has done a lot of work um, on his own on this issue. And he has a lot of power to make a, these decisions without a bill anyway. So it just depends on state to state, right? Texas already has a bill like that in place now. Mm -hmm. And there are, I think some other states that might have bills like that already in place as well. But oh, wow. I know that Texas is one of them. All right. So in addition to those, well, we've got me, some, yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me just say that like, uh, for the, the people that are watching this, um, this stuff that we're showing here doesn't happen just like, no, I, I, you know, with, with no effort. <laughs> so I, I want to like specifically, uh, um, highlight the work that you are doing. Uh, Justin is taking calls from legislators and giving, you know, uh, uh answering questions and all of this stuff, uh, uh, government relations team at the Heartland Institute has been doing a whole lot of work on this. Even Glenn Beck is like, uh, uh, you know, helping out with some of these efforts and everything. So I just want to make sure that like all of these people get the credit for what yeah. is what we're witnessing here, which again is like could be tantamount to derailing the Great Reset in the United States. It's a it's yeah. amazing thing to watch. And, you know, when we put out this video, this is kind of the first one that uh, people of our channel are, are, are witnessing this. But I've been aware of this stuff going on for, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks now, maybe a month now. And it's just like every day, Justin's giving me updates on what's going on here. And I'm just sitting there like, I cannot believe that this is having this much of an impact across the United yeah. States. So I just wanted to highlight that and just how amazing this is. But yeah, it really is. Um, and and just special shout out to, to Betty Grandy, former, former state lawmaker from North Dakota, who's been working an insane amount of hours on this in Heartland's GR department to try to get these bills uh, moving forward to help lawmakers advise them, provide them with guidance, testify. She's testified in a bunch of these states, uh, Idaho, Arizona, New Hampshire. She's been all over the place testifying. Um, she's been just an incredible asset for us. And yeah, this is not something that happens basically ever. And, um, I, we've never seen this, no. uh, you know, we've been working here for seven years. We've never seen this. Right. Um, I know that, uh, I had state government relations manager. Uh, I mean, sorry, the head of director of government relations, Cameron Schulte, who's been in state politics for many, many, many years, worked in the Wisconsin legislature for a long time, uh, was very, played some pretty important roles in the Wisconsin legislature too, said that, he's essentially never seen anything like this either. It just doesn't happen. Normally the way this works is this kind of movement occurs over many, many years with right. a new issue and it moves very, very slowly and they have months or even years to prepare for it. Right. It doesn't happen on, on a whim like this. It's yeah. extremely rare. It, it just like a, a context of that to kind of highlight that point. Uh, you know, Justin and I have been working with the Heartland Institute for I don't, seven years, eight years, something like that. And it's like one of the things that we do a lot of work on is school choice 
uh, type legislation and, and programs and whatever. And it's like when you see the uh, them celebrating and they should celebrate this, like a, uh, a an increase in the amount of like school choice type legislation that's being adopted or proposed in states. It's like, it, it, you know, it that's over the course of like decades. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like you have to wait a long time for the stuff to really pick yeah. up steam and go across the country like this. This is all happening within weeks and months it's insanity yeah yeah without a doubt uh, we've never again we've never seen anything quite like that uh in our time working for for the heartland institute for seven years we've never seen anything like this and um we believe that in most of these cases you know bills probably won't pass this year um but we feel very confident that next year we're gonna get some bills passed we may get a few this year uh, hopefully we get at least one uh, it's really tough to do this on short notice, but we think that next year we are perfectly positioned to help move this thing forward. So we're really, really excited about that. We think a lot of other states are going to join in that well, aren't even on this list. See, and, okay, I want to, I want to make, a, I have the color yellow selected for those as well, um, because. You know, I, I, congratulations to these states for taking the lead on this. But there are some other kind of bigger states that you would almost expect to be like the first step forward on this that, uh, you know, we have kind of targeted for the future to to do make moves on this. So so what are a couple of the states that are on our radar is like, you know, this could be a, a prime spot to, to propose legislation like this. So the two big ones are Texas and Florida. Now, these are the ones that you know, they have the biggest conservative states in the country in terms of population. Uh, Texas is obviously one of the biggest ones in terms of land. Um, Texas is a huge energy state. Uh, and uh, Florida is incredibly important politically, uh, especially with their governor there, Ron DeSantis. And they've been leading the charge in a whole bunch of, of sort of unique bills there for a while. Texas has also been doing a great job with that. So these are very important states within the conservative movement, within the Republican Party. And we believe that there is a great opportunity there with these two states in Texas in particular, because uh, we have a lot of allies there who are working on this issue. Uh, Glenn Beck, obviously, uh, for those who listen to Glenn a lot, watches watch the blaze. They know that Glenn is based in Dallas, lives in Texas. Um, and he, uh, is, is one of the big driving forces behind this really wants to make it happen. And so we think there's a good chance that Texas might go along with this. Now, Texas this year is one of these States that is not in session, taking these kinds of bills. I don't even know if they have a set, if they're in session at all. Right. So, uh, we have to wait next year to even know if this is something that's a possibility, but it's not like Texas has said, we don't care about this. They just haven't even had an opportunity to deal with it. Sure. So we're going to find out next year if if uh, they really are going to lead the charge. But if we can get Texas and or Florida to go along with this, it's going to create a cascading effect where we get a bunch of other states to sign up. Because as Texas and Florida go, so go the other Republican states in a lot of cases. So very, very important for those two. Yeah, if those two if those two go, uh, especially Ron DeSantis, because, you know, I know that there's like speculation that he might uh, be considering a presidential run or something like this. Like if this could be like a part of his platform, almost they could yep. send this stuff into the stratosphere. Yeah. So can putting taking that into account, if these, if these states signal that they are going to do this, we could likely see a handful of other states follow suit 
Um, what what are some of those? Yeah, right. And, and just real quick before we get to that, it, it's also important to remember that Florida is pretty much the home for Donald Trump now at this point in time as well. So um, Florida is very, very important. You have both Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Both of them are probably going to run for president. At least that's what a lot of people believe. So it's very important that we get something going there. Other states that we think are are very likely to take this up, but we haven't really had a whole lot of communications with uh, are South Dakota. Uh, I don't see any reason why South Dakota wouldn't go along with this or at least consider it very strongly. Uh, it's kind of hard to imagine. We've, we've heard some rumblings in Arkansas, so that's that's one. Uh, we, nothing official as far as I know, but there is there are some lawmakers there who are at least looking at the issue. And Mississippi and Alabama, you would think, considering how um, how strong the Republican Party is there, they may not be interested so much in the energy aspect of it, although they might have some oil refineries and stuff like that off the coast. I don't know. I know that's a big thing in Louisiana. And so th that might be something that those states have. I don't know much about their uh, energy industries there. But I think for them, it's mostly about the social issues and some of the other things that would be involved with the Great Reset that don't necessarily have to do with energy. Uh, so those two for sure. Um, and other than that, uh, am I missing one? I think there might that's... be one. No, I think that's it. Right. I think we yeah, said that's, six, that's, right? That's 20. That's 24 states, including their hopefuls. So if everything goes swimmingly, uh, we're talking about like half the country. We'll Just at least about. be doing something. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. And, and that's, and that does not include, you know, some of those states that are listed as blue. If you're watching the, uh, the, the video on, on rumble or, or YouTube, you'll see that. Some of those states, like Louisiana, I mean, they could easily have a a, a better ESG bill there. Sure. Um, Missouri is another one that might do that. Tennessee is a very conservative state. Kentucky too, right? The West Virginia has every reason to do that. So th there's a lot of potential to, to improve the bills, uh, even in the states that have already uh, introduced some kind of legislation. So yeah, I mean, look. I believe these things sometimes take a couple years. Sure. Sometimes they take five years, you know? Right. And we're in it for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. We don't have anything else to do. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think, I think that I think we've got a chance at actually making this thing happen because of the reactions that we're getting. Uh, the huge, huge pushback from bank lobbyists. Oh, bank yeah. lobbyists are everywhere. They right. hate this. They're very unhappy with it. Right. Um, and that tells you everything you need to know, um, <laughs> yeah. because if bank lobbyists weren't planning on using this stuff, why would they care? Why sure. are they trying so hard to stop it? Right. Right. That's proof that they are planning on using this stuff. So, um, it, it's making an impact it, it's, it's, and we're just getting started. So give us another couple of years of pushing for this. And I, I'm hoping that we'll be able to actually make this into law in some of these places. So, uh, it's just, it's tremendous what's been going on. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And surely we'll have updates as as uh, you subscribe to Stopping Socialism TV. We'll, we'll have updates as this continues. We'll probably actually focus in on like certain states. If, you know, if we do get rumblings that like, you know, Texas is considering this, we could probably do an entire video just dedicated to that or anything like that. Um, Justin, it, did you in your wildest expectations <laughs> think that we would even be considering looking at a map like this, outlining all the success that legislation would have countering the thing that we've been focusing so much on, which is the Great Reset? Yeah, I, I really I really didn't. 
No, I, I mean, I, I just, I just really, when we first started this, I mean, this was an idea that you and I had, uh, in May of, of 2020. Yeah. Um, so literally we're getting close to two years ago Yeah. and it was something no one was really talking about except for, you know, maybe some fringe, but we had never heard of it. I mean, even amongst fringe people, we had never heard of, we'd never heard of anything having to do with this. We didn't know anything about ESG scores. We didn't know anything about how the banking industry was colluding with these people to do this. This has been a plan, even though the marketing slogan, the great reset started in June, 2020, this plan has been in place for a long, long time. And it's been ramping up over a long period Donald Trump, I think, really slowed things down a lot. Mm. And we just kind of stumbled into it because of that horrible marketing slogan <laughs> of the Great Reset, pushing the reset button on the global economy. Right. Klaus Got our Schwab, antennas up. <laughs> yeah. Klaus Schwab saying things like, uh, we're going to rewrite the social contract. Klaus Schwab's the head of the Davos Group, World Economic Forum, and uh, saying things like, uh, every industry will be transformed. And every country must participate, including right. the United States and China. When you hear people like that, with those kinds of connections, with that kind of money, all working at the same time, saying the same slogans, using the same build back better slogan in, in uh, Canada and in the United Kingdom and in Germany and in America, all at the same time, when you have Joe Biden giving campaign speeches, talking about the end of the era of shareholder capitalism and the and, and, and which is a very great reset type language, weird thing to say if you're on the campaign trail, all that stuff. When we were doing that, I think the best case scenario we thought at first was, wow, wouldn't this be a great book? Yep. That was, that was our first thought, right? And then it was just, wow, wouldn't it be great if the book sold well, you know? <laughs> and I think that was kind of the height of my that was, yeah. dreams. Exactly. Yeah, that was kind of the, that was kind of the, the ceiling for me was let's do it once Glenn agreed to work with us on a book and, and co-write it with us. The dream was that the book would sell well. And it yeah. did. It was number one, the first week it was out. Uh, number one book in America of all books. Uh, incredibly successful. The most successful book Glenn has had in his entire career uh, for an opening week. And we were blown away by that. And I think when, when you and I were talking, we had a phone call. I was in, the blaze studios in my, in my dressing room. And uh, I remember calling you on the phone and saying, I just got word that the book just came out. The book is number one and they've sold out of every single copy that they printed on, on day one on day, basically within 24 hours, yeah. every copy was gone. The only copies remaining were some stragglers and some bookstores across the country. And I thought that was it. I thought that was the greatest thing that ever could have happened with this and that that would kind of be the end of it. Right. And it wasn't at all. Yeah. And, and also a little bit more kind of insight into the, the process here when, you know, we're working on this book with Glenn Beck, there got to a point where we're like outlining the final chapter and we're all saying to each other, like, what's the solution to this? Yeah. Like the entirety of the book is like, this is this, this agenda that's been put in place for, I don't know how many years. And, and, you know, it's like got the most powerful people backing it. And it's just like, we're sitting over here trying to, get people to even understand what the concept is and like we can't even come up with a solution of how to fight against it now of course you know there there's a there's some good stuff in that final chapter of how we can push back against it on a on a, on a you know local level on an individual level etc 
But like, I wouldn't have dreamed, I wouldn't have dreamed that uh, our state legislators across the country would have picked up this baton, realized how important it was and ran with it at the speed at which they're doing it. So I know that like, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm sure everyone that's watching this is guilty of it. We have a tendency to only focus on politics and policy at like a national level or even an international level. But like this, this shows you that like stuff can get done at the state yeah. level and often does. And you often have a much uh, an ability to have an, a, a larger impact on those more local levels, those state levels, as opposed to the national and international levels. So it's, it's amazing work, but it's a testament to those state legislators uh, yeah, who, yeah. you know, recognize how important this is. Yeah. Without, without a doubt. I mean, at the end of the day, what makes America, really special i think you know the constitution is amazing bill of rights amazing so important for our country but what makes america truly special is that we are a group of states of different communities with different governments and different elected officials and so it's not as simple as like it would be in some of these other countries where if the national government says something that's it it's all done there's no recourse for you in your local in your local government uh, in, in America, uh, the states are given a lot of power to determine what their communities look like. They don't use it often enough. They should use it a lot more. Sure. And so, some really bad Supreme Court decisions over the years have eroded some of that. And there's a lot of things that have happened. It's not as good as it should be. But states do have the ability to stand up and say, you know what? If you want to do business in this state, you want to bank in this state, you want to invest in this state, you want to have insurance in this state then you have to treat everybody fairly. Right. You have to you have to make this about finances and not make this about uh you don't like the the politics of the person who walked in the door. That's not a valid reason for denying someone a loan. Um and and I think that that's exactly the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. I think it's exactly the way that it should be. Now, some people would argue, they would say, well, this is just the free market. You know, we should just let we should let these banks discriminate. We should let financial institutions discriminate. We should let people's businesses be closed down because they voted for Donald Trump. That's the free market. That's what they would say. Sure. And to that, I would argue, as I have with state lawmakers all across the country, as I'm going to continue arguing with state lawmakers across the country, that corporations, big, gigantic corporations and banks and financial institutions are not operating within a free market as it is right now. They are only exist because of special legal protections, tax advantages, et cetera. They have no liability because of limited liability corporations. They get gigantic taxpayer funded bailouts. They get low, they pay lower taxes than regular people do. In many cases, they have different regulations. They're able to buy health insurance across state lines. They have totally, they operate in a completely different universe It's not a free market already. So the idea that we have to let them discriminate against people for all sorts of subjective reasons, whatever they want, and they can all collude together. They can all get together at meetings in Davos and say, we're going to deny loans to Republicans now. That's our new position because we don't like Republicans. We're going to make everyone a Democrat. The idea that that's somehow pro-free market (laughs) is insane. Right. And if we lived in a world, especially considering our banking system and financial system depends on 
the Fed just printing the money and giving it to these banks at will, essentially, and they go out with trillions and trillions of dollars and decide how they're going to spend the money and who they're going to give it to and who they're not. Again, how is this fair? It's, it's sure. it, How is that a free market? It's not. So, yeah, I would love to live in a libertarian utopia, sure, but we don't live in that utopia. And until we do, if we're going to have uh, policies like the ones we have in place, then they need to all play by the same rules. They need to uh, uh, not discriminate against people on the basis of their ideological beliefs or other things like that, the kind of business they're in, et cetera. Those decisions should be left to elected officials, not to banks and corporations and central banks colluding with each other to decide how the world should operate. Right. Yeah. And I just want to put out one more kind of call that uh, just the, the 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 impact that the individual can have is so much larger when you're talking about this 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 locally, this statewide, as opposed to a national uh, national scale, international scale. If you're trying to phone up Joe Biden and tell him that you don't like the Great Reset you're probably going to get a busy signal. <laughs> if you call up one of your state reps at the state level, you're more likely to get uh, you know, uh, the, your message across for that. So if you see yourself in one of these states, regardless of what the color is, just know that you could have a much larger impact than you might otherwise think you could have in the face of something as big as the Great Reset. Um, Justin, I, is there any last words you want to say about any of this? Um no, I mean, I, I, I just, I just want people to, who have, there's so many people out there, millions and millions of people who have learned about the great reset and they have been terrified about it ever since they first heard about it. Rightfully they've, so. And rightfully so they've read the book that we put together with Glenn and they've been even more terrified and rightfully so, but this should be. Uh, a, a gigantic dose provide a gigantic dose of optimism because yes. honestly you and I many, many times said, you know, we can't say this out loud, but we're screwed, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We're screwed. <laughs> there's, there's no chance. I mean, we, we had many conversations where there's like, there's no, there's no way out of this. I mean, uh, we have no faith. We just don't have an, we just didn't have a lot of faith in, in, in governments to step up and do the right thing. And they proved us wrong. Yeah, they are proving right. us wrong right now. So absolutely, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. Um, and and just one thing to add to that: the only way this is not going to happen over the next couple of years, based on the optimism we've seen so far, is if Republicans, Republican lawmakers, decide we're not going to vote for in favor of these kinds of bills. Sure, it's Republicans in these states that have control; they can make the decisions. So. Don't just assume that because you live in a state that's got lots of Republicans that they're obviously going to do the right thing. Sometimes they don't do the right thing. So just keep that in mind when you're deciding what you want to do around election time and other things. Right. Uh, keep that in mind. Um, and, and don't just assume that Democrats will automatically be opposed to it. Sure. Not necessarily. That's there true. are some reason, a lot of reasonable Democrats at the state level who you can talk to and say, look, this is bad for everybody. This isn't just, this isn't a left versus right thing. It seems like that sometimes, but it's not. Uh, these elites who write these ESG scores, social credit systems, they could make these things the polar opposite and favor conservative causes next right. week if they wanted to. So this is a elites versus everybody else thing. Yes. Who should be making these decisions? Should it be elites in Davos and in New York City and in Washington, D.C. and places like that, Hollywood? Or should it be 
everybody else making decisions in their local communities and state communities to decide what sort of places they want to live in. That's yeah. what this fundamentally is all about. Yeah, and for like the 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 listeners here, frequent listeners, uh, you'll know that I don't often say this. Uh, obviously, I'll uh, encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to make sure to to tune in regularly to check out all of our content and everything like that. But like now more than ever, like the Heartland Institute with all the the government relations department that's helping all of this stuff along, like we need your support. So even, even just like going over there and, and, and subscribing to their stuff, the heartland stuff, or, you know, if you got an extra couple of bucks or something, you want to donate, like we need to put as much pressure, like the, the iron is hot. All right, folks. And we need to strike as hard as possible, but, uh, that'll do it. That'll do it for this episode of Justin and Donald safe America. Like I said, uh, looks like we're starting to live up to the name here, which is, <laughs> Start off as a joke, but maybe it'll be reality. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if you like our show, make sure to subscribe, hit that like button, share this content, leave a comment, uh, let us know what state you're in and, and what you're doing to kind of help the cause, anything like that. Uh, this is a pivotal, this could be a very pivotal moment in American history here. And don't sit back and, and think that it's going to take care of itself, folks. But that'll, that'll do it for us. And uh, we will talk to you all next time. <laughs>